that we don't have issues? How many really know just because you're saved that you don't have issues? Some of us think that we're more perfected than others. And the only way you are more perfected than others is in your spirit. But we know that our soul is the part of us that did not get saved. So all of us have things that we go through. And we have to deal with those things through the word of God. So don't look at yourself better than anyone else. Because all of us in this place got issues from the pulpit down. But it's what we do with those issues. So today, this is what we're going to do with those issues. Hit it, Athea. Hallelujah. Glory God. Restoreth my soul. When you become a believer, your spirit is made right. Sometimes the soul doesn't get the notice. It has a hole in it due to things that's happened in the past. Hurt, abuse, molestation. But we want to speak to you today and tell you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. Some people's actions are not because their spirit is wrong, but it's because the past has left a hole in their soul. May this wisdom help you get over your past and remind you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. I have my sister Leandria here. She's going to help me share this wisdom and tell this story. All I seem to do is hurt me. Cause all I seem to do is hurt me 
for all of you listening, starting here, starting now. The things that hurt you in the past won't control your future. Starting now, this is a new day. This is your exodus. You are officially released. Now sing it for me, Leandria. thank you. We just praise you on today. Father, we thank you for giving us another opportunity, another chance, God, to come together in fellowship. God, we thank you, God, that while we're here together, God, that you're in the midst of us. And we thank you, God, for moving by your spirit, God, on today. Touching hearts, touching minds today in this room. Healing, delivering, setting the captives free. Because God, I know without a doubt that the spirit of the living God is upon me, is upon us, God. To do a work in this place on today. God, I thank you for a release of your power, God. To hit those places in our lives, God, where we're hurt, where we're wounded, God. In the name of Jesus. God, I hear you say that you have come to mend the broken hearts, God. You have come to bind up all the wounds that's in this place today. In Jesus' name, every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us has been broken verbally, physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, and mentally right now in the name of Jesus. Now, God, I apply the blood of Jesus over it in the name of Jesus. And I thank you on today, God, that we walk by faith and not by sight. And God, everything that we do in word or in deed, God, we come to give you the glory, God. For it's not about us, God. It's all about you. So right now, in Jesus' name, I come against that foul spirit of pride. In Jesus' name. And I lose humility in this place like never before, God. God, you said you resist the proud, but you give grace unto the humble. In Jesus' name. And God, I thank you on today that we can cast all our cares upon you today. Because, Father, you care about us. You are concerned about us. So, Father, I thank you for my help. 
helper, my teacher, my comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome today. Lead us, guide us into all truth. Reveal unto us. Bring the word back to my remembrance that was spoken unto me. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives on the inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God is already at work. Say, God is already at work. Say, receive him now. Say, let him do a work. See, God is already in the midst. Only thing we have to do is let him work. Amen. And when we don't let him work, that means pride is in the midst. When we really let go and let God, we're saying, God, it's not about me. It's all about you. It is not for us to praise ourselves. And sometimes we can get overzealous with us. And that's why we have to move out the way so God can move in and do a work. And I don't know about you, but I want God to work in my life like never before. Where when I step in a room, people don't see me, they see Jesus. They know that Jesus has stepped in on the scene and things begin to happen. Why? Because when you're in the presence of the Lord, you don't have to try to make nothing work, y'all. Only thing you have to do is live your life, the life that he has given you. And as you do that, things will begin to manifest without you trying to work it up, without you trying to stir it up. You will begin doing some things that you know it's not me. It's out of my norm. I know I'm not walking in the flesh because I feel good about what I'm doing on today. When you feel good about what you're doing, even in a bad situation, you know that God's in the midst of you, y'all. That's when God's in the midst. When you know that when trouble is coming, but you stand in the midst of trouble and you let trouble know you don't have a hold on me because I know who I am now that I'm in Christ because the life I live is in him, not in me no more because I have been crucified. How many know that you really truly have been crucified? Come on, if you've been crucified, you're dead. So no matter what people say or how they do it, you come to them in a humbling state. You begin to submit yourself to God and then you can resist the devil. But we're leaving off the submission. When you don't submit to God, you cannot resist the devil. And some of us are resisting him, but we haven't submitted yet. And that's why the enemy keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And he have an area in your life that you're saying, why am I still in the same place? It's because you gave the enemy a foothold. So we're going to go back over today what we've been going over. We are in a spiritual battle, y'all. How many realize we are in a spiritual battle? And since this teaching, I'm telling you something. It's been some warfare going on. But I'm going to tell you, when you know who you are in him, you can stand. Amen. Open your Bibles to Ephesians 6. I'm again at verse 10. And I'm reading out the Amplified to break it down a little bit more. This is what Paul is telling the Ephesians. Thank God for Paul. Amen. Amen. Listening to the spirit of the Lord so this can be written for our benefit. Thank you, Jesus. And Ephesians 10, it says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. 
That strength which boundless might provides, which his boundless might provide. And say, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him. You may be seated. This is um, how we get, how we're empowered. It's through our union with him. It's nothing that we can do but lean and depend on him. So in this warfare, you cannot depend on yourself. You have to depend on God. You get your might. You get your ability. You get your power from him and in him alone. We went over several scriptures where it talked about them being empowered by the spirit of God. We know in Exodus how they were empowered. Moses were empowered. This is how he led the people because it was the power of God that would come upon Moses when he would lift up that rod. Then they would see the miraculous happening. But it was because Moses was dependent on God and not dependent on himself. We see how Samson, he defeated the lion. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, the power come upon him to defeat that lion. He couldn't do it in his own power, in his own might and ability. We see how even, we're going to go over today, even dealing with Gideon and what happened to Gideon. When you go into the word of God and see these men and women of God, what they were going through, they could not get through it without the help of God. And this is what we have to realize on today. We can do nothing without him. We talked about that he's divine. We're the branches. Without the vine, without dependence on that um, vine, we would die. Our nourishment come from him. This is why we are in him and everything we need, y'all, is in him. Do not look to yourself. Look to him. He is the author and finisher of your faith. Every given situation in your life, you know there's nothing that you can do about it, but you're going to look to him. You're going to look to Elohim, the creator, and say, you created everything. You know how it's supposed to function. You know how it's supposed to work. So I'm going to put this before you. I need help with this situation. That's when you're humbling yourself because money sometimes won't get you out of a situation. Some people think they can buy everything with money. And God is proven. He's shown people money can't get you out of this. You got to trust me to get you through it. So understand in this warfare, you have to depend on God. You cannot depend on yourself. And this is what Paul wants to be made known to the Ephesians. Y'all, we have to let go of us. Look at your neighbor say, did you let go of you this morning? Let me tell you how we hold on to us. Because we want to make sure everything is in place with us. We want to make sure women, every hair is in place. And the more you try to take that hair and put it down, the more it sticks back up. So you then you realize you said, help me, Holy Spirit. I can't do this. Show me what to do even with these little things that's sticking up with my hair. Amen. So when we call on him, he's knowing that we're in that humbling state to say, I need your help. Because he is a present help in the time of trouble. That next verse that we go into is say, put on the whole armor of God. Now we have to understand in this battle, you have to have armor on. But the Bible says you put on the whole armor of God. You can't just put on one piece and think that you can go into war. He said, put on the whole armor of God. Why are we putting on the whole armor of God? It says so we can stand against. The only way you can stand against 
the enemy's schemes, his trickery, his deceit, his plan. The only way you can do it is by putting on the whole armor of God. When we look stand against, it means that we are holding our position. What do I mean by holding the position? You got to know the position you have in Christ. The battle has already been won. I'm just standing my position of who I am. And some of us have let go of that position because when the fire gets seven times as hot, we bow down to what the world wants. This is why we look at the example with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in a kingdom that were not worshipers of God. So in that kingdom, they were doing things outside of what they were taught and what they learned. So when they told them they have to bow down to this other God, they refused to bow down. So they said, we're going to have to put you in the fire. So then they didn't care whether or not they went into fire because they said, if I die, I'm going to be with the Lord. But if I don't die, I'm coming out on top. See, we got to have that attitude. We got to have an attitude that say, God, whichever way it go, I'm going to be with you. But I know what the problem is, y'all. The problem is we don't want to let go of the world because we say I ain't done all my living yet. See, when it comes to spiritual warfare, we're saying one thing one way and saying another thing another. This is why Paul was ready to die. But Paul knew, he said, if I die, then I can't finish what God has given me to do. But listen at this. If you're going through a spiritual warfare and it looked like it ain't looking good, you can say, well, God, whatever your will is for my life, here I am, God. Because either way, I'm going to be with you. This is how we supposed to be thinking. This is what I, where our heart's supposed to be. God, either way, I'm going to be with you. But God say some of us can't say that because we said I ain't made enough money. I haven't found my mate yet. I haven't done the things that I need to do yet. See, you double-minded. See, when you standing from God, it don't matter if you ain't met a mate. It don't matter if you ain't made all the money you need to make. You saying, God, whatever you want to do with my life, God, here I am because I ready that's where we supposed to be we supposed to be ready at all times y'all this is why don't think that your life looks so good and you got money and you got a good husband you got a good wife your children are doing well but your heart ain't right come on you don't know when it's your time to leave this world so this is why we as Christians supposed to be out there doing the great commission ministry is not behind the pulpit we're getting it mixed up it's not behind the pulpit, y'all. It's going out in the highways and byways. See, this is part of the armor that we're going to talk about. So here, Paul was preparing them. He was getting them right for battle. And if you notice in the first part of Ephesians, Paul was talking about who we are in Christ. And then he was talking about loving one another. He was talking about renewing the mind. But then he said, in conclusion. See, Paul was letting them know, I have given you all of these things, but I want you to recognize your power, your might, your strength come from God. But you got to put on the whole armor of God so you can stand against the wiles, the schemes of the devil. And we have to understand that you don't just put on one piece. You got to put on the whole armor. And this is the thing. God has given us this armor. God say, you have it, but why aren't you putting it on? 
And the reason why some of us don't put it on because nobody is teaching you what you need to be wearing. The churches are allowing in and everything in the house of God. They're allowing sin to come in the house of God and God done away with sin through Jesus Christ. We bring correction. We bring rebuke. Yes, we speak truth in love, but we let people know when they're out of the will of God. And some people think, no, if I tell them they're going to leave the church, it's okay. God will fill it back up. As long as you're doing what God tells you to do, you don't um, be worried about people. This is why Paul and them were saying, or Peter and John were saying, I'd rather obey God than man. Because see, they didn't want them to speak in that name no more. Because they knew miracles would come to, through that name. And they say, I'd rather obey God than man. Who in this place rather obey God than man? Because when you begin to obey God rather than man, you're going to be fighting in your home. You're going to be fighting on your job. You're going to even be fighting in the church. Why? Because everybody in the church ain't on one accord. It's discord. It's division. It's strife. When you say one thing, somebody is opposing you with another. Come on, we bring him in the church. So he said, put on the whole armor of God so you can stand against. That means you're going to stand your ground. You're going to stand your position and what Jesus have done for you. See, the thing that Jesus have done for us, he's given us power. He's given us authority. When he gave us those keys, guess what? He took us up in position with him. The Bible says that he was far above principalities and powers. That means that Jesus was up there looking down at them. So that means that we're supposed to be up there with Jesus looking down on the devil. That's why he's under your feet. Some people say, get thee behind me, Satan. You don't want him behind you. You want him under your feet. Because when you got something under your feet, you stomping on it all day long. See, Jesus is up in heaven. He's looking down and saying, I got rule. I got authority. I got dominion over you. And being that we're in him, we have that right. We have that authority. We have that dominion. The Bible says that Jesus disarmed him. He took away his authority. He took away that position that he held over us. He triumphed over him. That means that the victory was won. And when uh, we talked about battle, how kings went into battles, when they defeated another king, they had the other king behind them, dragging them with the toes off, with the um, thumbs off. Why? So they couldn't use their hands to do any more harm to them. So they couldn't run because their toes was off. So he made a spectacle an open spectacle letting them know he has been defeated. He can't mess with you no more. We have overthrown that kingdom. See, our problem is we always say, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You had control over that situation. You did it because you wanted to do it. He may have tempted you, but we're supposed to be resisting temptation, Right? So let's quit saying that I'm tired of the devil. Well, if you're tired of the devil, you need to rise up in who you are. Quit saying you're tired of him. You have to understand that he is a defeated foe. You're looking down on him. Christ has put you in a position with him. 
So we have to understand who we are now that we in him. So the only way we can stand against him is to do what? Put on the whole armor of God. But you got to know this armor that you have. And Paul began to go into depth with this. He began to say that verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We talked about this. He said to stand against him, to stand in the position that Christ has given us. He said that we can't be fighting against one another. Church. This is the problem. It's so many fights in churches against Christians of trying to take position, trying to tell the pastor what to do. Come on, the church is so much out of order. We got deacons telling the pastor, this is what I want you to teach. This is what I want you to do. If you don't do it our way, you out. Come on, that's not God's way. That's not the way that God has set up the kingdom. See, we got deacons trying to run the church. Now, if God wanted them to run the church, he would have put them as the pastor. Because the deacons are there to help. Yes, they are with the widows. Y'all go into the word of God where it says the position of the deacons are. How did that get out of order? Because the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. See, the enemy comes into the churches and he began to place people where he wants to place them to cause disturbance in the house of God. So we need to get into alignment with what the word says so God can move in the midst of us. He can't move because people are trying to rule instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to rule through you. And it's time to get back on track when it comes to the churches. And that's what we teach in Clem, the pattern of God, God's way of doing things. If it's not done God's way, guess what? God ain't going to manifest himself the way he needs to be manifested in the churches. So Paul was letting them know. He went on to say that we're not fighting against each other, y'all. This is not a flesh and blood fight. This is a spiritual. This is a spiritual war. This is in the heavenlies with principalities, with powers, with the spirit of wickedness in high places, the spirit of darkness. This is what we're fighting against. We're fighting against ranks. We're fighting against rulers. And you have to be on your guard. And the only way you can do it is through those gifts of the spirit that God has given you in this war and the word of God and prayer. So if we don't know how to fight, guess what? We seem like we're losers, but we're not because the victory has already been won. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I oppose everything that's in the atmosphere that's trying to shut down this word. In Jesus name, every force that has come. God, that's trying to react right now in the name of Jesus. I take authority over you in Jesus name. And I command you to go in Jesus' name. You shall not silence me. In the name of Jesus. God, I give you glory, I give you honor, and I give you praise. I bind all confusion right now, and I loose the peace of God. In Jesus' name. I bind the spirit of witchcraft. I say go right now in Jesus' name. Manipulation, go right now in Jesus' name. Some people may say, what in the world is you doing? I'm in battle up here on this pulpit. Come on, you can feel the force is coming when you minister in the word. The enemy tried to bring in confusion, but the devil is a liar. God is not about confusion, but he is about peace. So, Father, we thank you for your peace. In the name of Jesus. So, Paul was saying, 
He said, we don't wrestle against each other. Verse 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. Why is Paul talking about this armor so much? See, when we go into the word of God, we need to stop and say, wait a minute, Paul, you done told us one time. You told us to put it on, put on the whole armor of God. But then he's going to say, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. He said, put it on. You can't leave home without it. Every day we supposed to have on this armor, y'all. Every day we supposed to have it on. Matter of fact, when you sleeping, you supposed to have on this armor. This is why you need to be taught about this armor. We got too many people going into battle, Christian folks, and thinking that they're doing something and you're running like the seven sons of Sceva, naked and bruised because you don't know nothing about spiritual warfare. It's more than just getting behind a pulpit. It's more than just telling people what God is doing in your life. Can you stand on what God is doing in your life? And you can't do it without this armor. So Paul again saying, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Now look, he said stand, right? That first stand said to hold your position. So we got to hold the position that was given unto us. Did y'all know this position that was given unto you? You didn't have to do nothing for it. See, this is how you get you out the way. The position that you're holding is a position that was given to you through Christ. It was nothing that you had done to get this position except be in Christ. He said, now that you're in Christ, he said, you're getting things from Christ. It's no good that you have done. So he's saying right now, he said, I want you to hold your position. So you got to have on this whole armor of God to hold your position. I'm telling y'all, this is good. You got to have on the whole armor of God to hold your position. If you ain't got on no armor, you ain't holding no position. You ain't, and see, some of us don't even know really about this armor. You go read it, but you don't even know about it. And you saying, I'm putting on my armor. You ain't put on nothing. Because if you put it on, you wouldn't be whining. You wouldn't be complaining. You wouldn't have offense. If you got armor on, how are you offensive? Thank you, Holy Ghost. If you got armor on, why are you still unforgiving? Thank you, Holy Ghost. If you got armor on, why are you not giving? Why are you not loving? Help me celebrate Jesus. Come on, help me celebrate Jesus. Y'all act like y'all don't know what the Holy Ghost is talking about. If you got armor on, why are you lazy? <laughs> if you got armor on, why you don't want to read your word? If you got, come on, I can just keep on, keep on, keeping on like an energizer, but the Holy Ghost go farther than the energizer. But we got armor on, but we can't love our brother and sister. We got armor on and we can't even come in the house of God to fellowship. Who's got armor on now? Who's got it on now? We got armor on, but we can walk by a person in need. Where's your armor? We got a problem. And the problem is in the body of Christ. Because I'm going to tell y'all something. Satan, he got his stuff lined up. And it's on point. The world is doing more than the body of Christ is doing. 
and celebrating it. We in the body of Christ can't even celebrate one or the other. Why? Because if we got armor on, why are we jealous? Why are we envious? Why are we bite biting? Why we say, I like you, but I don't love you, and you say, where's your armor? You got some armor on, all right, but it ain't God's. It's the kingdom of darkness. Because that's what the kingdom of darkness do. So Paul went on to say to withstand. Withstand means to set oneself against, resist, oppose. The only way we can set ourselves against to oppose the enemy, that's withstand, is to have on the armor. You cannot go in this battle. Without that armor. This is how you test if somebody got the armor on. (laughs) You can test it in marriage real good. Real, real good, y'all. What did I say? Nobody can make you matter. Then your mate. Y'all acting like y'all don't know. Shout out so the devil can get mad. Amen, honey. See, he don't mind. I ain't offended. Because I can get on his nerves. And I ain't going to say last nerve because he got a lot of them and I know it. That's why I try to get on it. Come on, I'm just going to be honest. Come on, they come at us one way, we'll come at them another. They try to help us one way and we'll try to tell them something else. Because we try to go into pride, y'all. See, let me tell you something. This is why we have to humble ourselves. When you got on that armor, you go so low that your husband look at you and say, you all right? He know that you done been with God. Because you ain't mouthing off no more women. Even though they wrong, you still humble yourself. And you say, God, let them see the light. I don't have to prove myself. I just do what the word tell me to do. Let's quit proving ourselves because we in pride. Yep, pride tried to hit me this morning. I tell you, I'm just getting attacked going through this teaching. I'm not shaming my game because I repent it. Because when I see those little things coming at me, I'll stop and say, oh, no, devil, you're not getting me in that area. Me and my husband over there filming this morning, doing the, the opening for the broadcast. And when you get into the broadcast, my way of doing the broadcast, which he don't understand my way, but he was trying to help me. And I said, nope, nope, can't do it that way. He said, when you mess up, just say, excuse me. I said, no, I don't do it that way. So me and him going back and forth with him. I said, thank you for helping me. But pride was in there. I thanked him for helping me, but a little bit of pride was in there because God showed it to me. I had to get rid of that little smidgen. Come on, y'all. I'm helping you. I ain't shame of my game. Because I know who I am. And I openly correct. Some people say, well, some things you don't need to tell, but this I did. Because the enemy going to have nothing on me while I'm giving you truth. Because see, if I got on my armor, he's not going to come in here and try to penetrate me while I'm trying to give you the word. He's not going to come in here and try to condemn me. When you have condemnation, a piece of your arm is out of place. Because in him, there is therefore now no condemnation that you in Christ. If I got something condemning me, I got to check my armor. Withstand. So we got to have on that armor 
on so we can withstand, set oneself against, to withstand, resist, oppose. You cannot do it without this armor. And he said, in the evil day and having done all to stand. You know what stand mean there? Hold your ground. See, you got to go into the word of God. There's too many stands for you to get past it. And all of them don't mean the same thing. That's why you have to study to show yourself approved. A workman that need not to be ashamed, but rightfully dividing the word of truth. The church is tore up because we ain't got people rightly dividing the word of truth. You using your own opinion. So when somebody bring in truth, you opposing the truth because you high minded and think you know, but you don't have no illumination. Your armor's out of place. So he said, be able to withstand in the evil day. We live in an evil days, y'all. If y'all don't see it, something is wrong. If you don't see it, it's because you live in that way yourself. It's so much evil that's out here. Did you just recently see in the news over there in Virginia, a young guy, 18, going to shoot his sister, his mother, and then going to shoot the nephew or the niece, a little baby. Then he's going to run around naked. Y'all know what I saw in the news? I don't know if y'all saw this part. How many times when you see somebody like that done killed a whole family and they're resisting arrest and they're coming at you, they shoot you. They didn't shoot him. Didn't shoot him at all. They let him run around naked. He came and choked the man. They still didn't shoot him. Y'all didn't see that? So that tell me you shoot who you want to shoot. Evil day. He was even in the woods. Come out the woods wide open running at the cops. They didn't even shoot him. Sprayed pepper spray in his eyes but didn't shoot him. I wonder what the problem was why they didn't shoot him. Didn't shoot him and he done killed the whole family and they knew it. Then the old man right at the church, he gonna be choking the man at the church and they still didn't shoot him. Naked. We're in an evil day. That's why you got to know who you amongst. See, because the devil know how to play the game. See, his schemes and his tricks. Let me go back to the schemes because I don't want to miss anything. This is how the devil operate, y'all. The devil watch you. The devil just don't come at you. He watch every move with you. He watch your emotions on your face. He watch how you treat your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your husband, your boyfriend, your girl. He watch how you're treating people. And what did he do? See, what he does is when he watch you, like he'll watch me and my husband. And if he watch me and he know my reactions to that man, when that man say something to me, he say, I got something. So I'm going to play on that. So then he go whispering my husband in and say, say it again. He watches. That's how sneaky he is. And then my husband said again, I said, why did you say that again? I told you the first time. He watched you. He watched what gets you stirred up. And then he'll have you to say it again. After you don't apologize and say, yeah, yeah, you're right. And no, you're lying. No, they ain't right. So you're trying to humble yourself in a way to lie. Right? So the enemy come in and he 
oppose you. He oppose you with your husband. He oppose you with your wife. He oppose you with your children. He oppose you on your job. He come in and he does all of that because he's watching you. He'll watch you throughout the day because he said, I need to know her weaknesses. I need to know where she's weak at. This is wherever she's weak at. That's where she's going to fall. So all day they will watch you to get your weakness. That's why we have to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So every day you need to start rejoicing. You need to start giving God glory. Even when trouble come, you're not denying that the trouble is there. You need to say, trouble's in my house, but I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to give God glory. Even though this is happening, I'm not going to react to that. Yes, it's real. But I'm not going to react to that. I'm going to react to what the word of God is saying. Because the enemy is watching. The enemy is watching to get something on you so he can cause havoc. See, he don't want you having that armor on. He don't want you armed and dangerous. So his scheme is, is to watch you. He's giving the orders. He said, I want you to watch her. I want you to see how she react when they curse her out. I want you to see how she react. That's why that waitress come to the table and treated me like she did. Because he wanted to see how I was going to react. He wanted to see if I'm going to preach the same thing. If I'm going to say the same thing that I've been saying to you. The devil is a lie. Because when you know his schemes, you don't fall for him. When you know what he's doing against your mate, you don't fall for it. Come on, we want to put people down because they put us down. We want to find something on them because they found something on us. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We like a private eye. Okay, I, I got you. I got you, buddy. I got you. So you just like the enemy. You waiting for an opportune time to make them look bad. Don't say you ain't done it. We all done it. We wait for the time for somebody to fall so we can say, nah, 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 nah. You ain't who you said you were. Because we want the world to see that person. But that's not what we're supposed to do in the body of Christ. So the enemy schemes. He wait to get the dirt. He wait for something to happen. And that's why he pounced on our children. Because he know we love our children and our grandchildren so much that he's going to use something. To try to get you out of your place. And he will use other children. To make you belittle those children your saved self. To make you look at them and say you ain't nothing but the devil. (laughs) Your conniving self. Where's your mom? And we put them down. Save folk. Because they look like they outshine our children. So we want to put other children down because our children messed up and we want to take it out on somebody else's child because our children didn't do what they supposed to do. So we want to make somebody else's child look bad. That's not God. Where's the armor? We get upset when we see other people, children excelling. When they're pushing themselves to do what they're supposed to do. And then you thinking your child is doing what they're supposed to do. Then when they don't excel, you mad at them because you're comparing them amongst somebody else. Comparing yourself is not wise. So then we'll get on our children. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. Thinking we're 
encouraging them. No, it's because it's making us look some kind of way. So we want them to look good to represent us. Come on, where's your armor? Your children are human. You can't compare them with nobody else. Everybody don't study the same. Everybody don't do the same thing. So quit trying to push a child because you see somebody else excelling in the family and you want this one to excel. Everybody's not the same, y'all. That's the scheme of the enemy. To put your child down and then you wonder why your child going through so much. Because your child was listening in the other room when you was talking about your niece and nephew and they got this and they got, oh, they got a nice house. They got a nice car. Oh, they got degree in this, degree in that. They always have what they need. You're not talking about your child, but your child is thinking, I'm not enough. The enemy doesn't use that to put your child in position of failure, of rejection. Come on, it comes out of our mouths instead of listening to the spirit when the spirit say, study to be quiet. He'll let you know what's going on around you. You cannot even compare your children to your children. Because one child is different from the other child. I'll tell you, that's God truth. My sister was an A student. And when we was being raised, that child would cry if she got a B. I said, girl... I make C's and D's. I said, if I got a B, I'll be rejoicing. It's not because I could not make those A's and B's. I chose not to. Daddy would ask me, why you don't never bring home a book? I don't need one. I would pass without the book. Wouldn't study. Wouldn't apply myself. My sister, you don't mess with her grades. When she was in ROTC, my girl, she was fit, y'all. I was um, doing something, ironing some pants for her, I can't remember, and I burned a hole in Woo! I knew my behind was going to get tore up. First thing I went to was Daddy. I said, Daddy, I burn up her pants. Thank God for Daddy. Daddy went in there and said, you better not touch Thank you, Holy Ghost. God was on my side. She told me, she messed up my grade. I'm a killer. I believe she meant that literally. But daddy stood his ground. See? He stood his ground. She didn't mess with me until after he left. <laughs> and grandmama had to call daddy. Skate, come over and get these girls. Ooh, I hated it when daddy come. You know what daddy did, y'all? He locked us outside in the dark. He said, fight now. We looking at each other, loving each other then. We quiet as a mouse. Quiet. What am I saying? <laughs> Even parents know how to do it. But what I'm saying is, the enemy have schemes. He know how to get you. He know how to watch you. Young folks, what he do? He puts somebody in front of you that looked like they got everything. Everything looked like it's in place. They got all the friends. They doing all of this, you know, talk, what's up, dog, all of this. The girls doing their own thing. And you, he got you watching them every day and wishing you were in their place. And don't know the place that you're in. 
that you're in a good place. See, he got schemes, y'all. He got games. He's all about deceit. So he want to trick you into that place where he is. And he does a good job of it because fashion today, y'all, is toe up from the flow up. You have different stuff come out. I'll be watching young girls. They might as well just take the shirt off. But they call that looking good. That's seductive. Shirts way up here. Going out like, hey, this is cool. This is what's in. Then when somebody tell you, you know, nicely, go back and put on, what's wrong with what I got on? You ain't my mama. See, I remember in the old days that family can tell you those things. These days, if family get in your business, I don't care if it's aunt, uncle, sister, brother, whoever it is, you get cursed out. My mama let me wear this. You ain't my mama. You don't tell me what to do. So this is what I'm saying. The enemy have what? Schemes. He has a way of doing things. But in order for us to withstand, to oppose him, that next verse says, stand your ground. It says, done all. It says to stand. That means to hold the ground. Then verse 14 says stand. That means ready and prepared. That stand there means, remember I talked about the stands. The first stand I talked about, it means to hold your position. The second one was to withstand. That means to oppose. The third one was to stand. That means hold your ground. The next one means to stand. Now I'm ready and I'm prepared for battle. That stand mean I'm ready, y'all. I'm prepared. How am I getting ready? This is the first thing he said. Stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth. You got to be ready and prepared with truth. This is why Jesus, he prayed to the Father before he went to be with the Father. He said, sanctify them in truth. Thy word is true. He said, set them apart in truth. The only way they're going to be set apart is through what? Through truth. Y'all, it takes the truth of the word of God. And a belt that goes around you, it goes all the way around. You got to be girded with truth. It's going to take the truth to oppose the lies of the enemy. It takes the truth. But one thing with the Roman soldier, what they did when they girded themselves, they took and gathered up other stuff with that belt. So some of them would sometimes be relaxed and they would ungird themselves and they wouldn't be ready for battle. But he said, in order for us to be prepared, we have to gird ourselves at all times. That means we got to be ready for battle for all times because if those um, Roman soldiers start running and they haven't girded themselves the rest of the army is not secure see that belt holds everything else in place if you don't know the truth this is why Jesus told the people that was opposing him go to John the 8th chapter it takes truth in John the 8th chapter this is what Jesus said In verse 30, it says, as he spake these words, many believed on him. What was he speaking? Truth. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Continue mean, hold fast, remain, abide. See, in order for us, and then it gets to the part of that you shall know the truth and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You're not going to know the truth until you continue in the truth. Let me say it again. You're not going to know the truth until you're abiding 
in it until you are, um, what was I saying, to hold fast in it. So when it comes to the word of God, this is what we do. Some of us come in here and get it on Sunday. Some of us come in here and get it on Tuesday, and then we don't go back in it. He said, in order for you to be a follower of mine, you got to abide in the truth. You got to remain in the truth. You got to be steadfast in the truth. That means continuing in the truth. It don't mean picking and choosing a day when you're going to be in truth. Jesus said they got to be sanctified. They got to be set apart in truth. You got to be guarded all the way around in truth. You just don't take this word when you want to take this word. You got to stay in this word. You got to continue in this word. You got to abide in this word. And that's when you know the truth and that's when you're free. You have to always be in the word of God, the word of life, because this is what gives you life. If you're not in it, you don't know truth from a lie. I'll prove it to you. Do you know why I get opposed all the time? From Christians. Because somebody ain't in the truth and don't know it. When you know the truth, it's because you abiding in it. If God is showing me something and you don't see it because I know truth. See, relationships. We can look at relationships all day long and we can tell through the spirit that that ain't for you. God is saying, wait on your mate. Don't ask me if you don't want to know truth. Because if you want to know truth, I'm going to tell you the truth. God said, wait on your mate. No, that's not the one for you. But the person don't see it because they said, oh, they're so good to me. Everything good ain't God. The devil make everything look good, but it ain't God. Just because they cook for you. Just because they lay money in your hand and they open the door for you. Just because they, you know, speak those sweet nothings to you. That don't mean it's good. Ain't no one good. No, not one. The only one good is God. So don't be telling me they good. You can't go on they good. You got to know on, go on, do they know Jesus? Well, I figured that's the problem. You figured. I figured through me they can get to know Jesus. The only thing I'm figuring that's going on with you is you want attention and how much Jesus are they seeing? How they seeing you? How they really seeing Jesus? Because if they really see Jesus, you're going to really know who they are. Because if you really start telling them, no, no, I said, no, let's see where they go. No, don't touch me like that. Girl, I can't put my hands on you. No. I said, no. You act like you better. In him I move. In him I live. And in him I have my being. And this is just who I am. I've been set apart. I've been made fit. For the master's use. Call me Virgin Mary. And the only thing that's going to come upon me. Where I can conceive is the Holy Ghost. See where they go then. Lay some truth on them. And it's going to reveal that lie. It's too many women too desperate. And that's why they're going out the end and everything. 
because they're desperate. They don't want to be alone. My age is catching up with me. I might not have no kids. God know when you're going to have them. Come on, if he wants you to be a Sarah, be a Sarah. He'll give you grace to be a Sarah if that's his will for you. Man say you can't have them at a certain age, but did God say you can? See, people look at you stupid because they say you stupid. That ain't what the books say. I'm telling you what the spirit says. See, deception. You got to do this if you love me. Deception. I don't have to do that, but stay a Christian. Then we wonder, man, why you ain't got no woman? You ain't gay. You ain't got no sugar in the tank, is you? I don't see, never see you with a woman. What's up? And you say, <laughs> won't you pray and ask the Holy Ghost? Some things we ask because we just want to be nosy. It was one man that was so happy when the son got a woman. They started praising Jesus. And thought that was God doing. Schemes. Lies. Of the enemy. To turn you away from what the word is saying. That's why he told the disciples. You have to continue Abide, remain, be steadfast in truth to be my disciple. Then you shall know the truth and then you shall be made free. Some of us have not experienced freedom yet because we don't continue. We give up the word because we figure it's not working. So I don't need to get in it because it's not benefiting me. If you are continuing in the truth, you're going to have some warfare. You only girding yourself up, preparing yourself for battle. You putting on what? Truth. This is why he said, if you abide in me, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you can ask what you will. You got to continue in the word of God. The word here is what we need. We can't just pick it up and put it down. We have to continue in it. We have to get it at all times. Don't go in it when the devil is slapping you. You should be slapping him before he slapped you with the truth. Why do we wait till we get in situations and now I'm going into battle. You were already in battle didn't even know it. Now you're ready to he shot. Then you start shaking like you done done something, but made a fool of yourself. Now you're ready to give up your pork chop. You're ready to give up your favorite food. Well, the Lord has called me to consecrate myself. Now you're ready to do everything you can do to win this battle, except do it the work. Come on, y'all. It's laid out in black and white. My Bible don't have red in it for Jesus, but I know when he's talking. Now we want to go in it because it ain't working out here with the money. So now I want to study on, may God supply all of my, and then you're getting deep with all of my needs. According to his riches and glory. Before it was, 
May God supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Then you're getting happy with it. My God, hallelujah. Supply all of my needs. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Uh, Hey, hey, God. Yeah, that's right. Now I can walk upright. Got some little bit of authority. And the enemy ain't doing nothing but using you. Then when the devil come at you, leave me alone. I don't want to talk about it. What happened to Hey, God. That's what we do, y'all. That's when we try to have church. That's when we try to tap into the spirit. That's why the Bible said, do your Bible say the same thing? If you continue in my word, who word is it? Who word is it? It is written, right? He said, if you continue in my word, he said, then are ye my disciples. I love this. Indeed. But you got to continue in it. People get mad when people start telling you truth. That's when you know, check your armor, baby. Because the truth is what makes you free. But it say knowing the truth. And you can't know the truth if you don't continue in the truth. So this part here is a big part, y'all. This girdle that they put on, it goes all the way around them. God said you got to be well-rounded in truth. You just can't get in truth because you're sick. You just can't get in truth because you need some money. You can't get in truth because you need joy. You got to be well-rounded in all of it. God, I need all of it because I don't know which way he going to come. I need to know truth in every area. I will tell people this. People get mad when you see something they don't see. That's arrogance. That's pride. And the reason why you got people seeing what you don't see because you ain't continuing in the truth like I may be or like somebody else may be. So if you're not continuing in truth, you ain't going to see truth. You're going to believe that lie. Somebody can tell you what exactly is going to happen. You're like, no, they ain't like that. It ain't that way. Wow. You don't even know when truth is talking because you're too much in pride. Don't go get that. Don't do this. Don't do that. You don't want to hear it because you are deceived because the enemy don't want you to take truth. So then you go out and talk about the person that's giving you truth like they are lying. They don't tell me. They act like they know everything. I know what I'm doing. That's what the enemy telling you. Then when it's all said and done, truth prevails. Truth will reveal itself and let you know you did know what you were doing, but truth prevailed over that lie. God send you people that continue in the truth, that know the truth, because they know it's going to make you free. And if you would take the advice from truth, you can live that godly life. You can be his disciple. So y'all, we must have own truth every day. How do I know? Go back to paradise. Those people, Adam and Eve, supposed to be, what, spiritually minded. 
But the enemy snuck in paradise. Not snuck in. He came apart of that little paradise. He used God's creation. Don't y'all know he got to use you? He need a body to go in. He needs somebody to use to oppose God. You're the one he's going to use. Why did he need the world? He don't really need the world because he got them. But every now and then he'll use somebody in the world to curse you out. He will. But you know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So he opposes that. In the Garden of Eden, what did he do? He used a serpent. They weren't scared of that serpent. Adam named all the animals. They knew that everything God made was good. So who would look at a serpent thinking that the serpent would come against them? Remember everything that looked good? Ain't good. Your good works? I got news for y'all. You can visit the sick. You can go to the prisons. You can give people money. You can pay your tithes. But all that goodness is not going to get you into heaven. The goodness of God is what leads to repentance. Not your works. Your works is not going to get you into heaven. What gets you into heaven is accepting what Jesus done on your behalf. So see, the enemy tried to deceive you. And he tried to make people think you're good enough. You don't have to do what they do. You already accepted by God. Lie. But it's partly truth. God had already accepted you in your mess, but you haven't accepted what he done. See, the enemy brings partly truth to make you think that it's true, but it's a lie. Go back to Jesus when he was tempted by the devil. The first thing that Jesus told him when the devil say, come on now, turn these stones into bread. Jesus said, come on now, man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. Come on, I can go on, devil. Because God is what sustains me. The word is what sustains me. Not physical food. My spirit has to be sustained by the word. This is how I make it, Satan. Bring it on. Then he's going to take him up on a high what pinnacle. Put him on the wing of it. And what did he say? Throw yourself down if you be the son of God. And he will give his angels charge over you. He left to keep and guard you in all your ways. He took that out. Unless you dash your foot against a stone. My God ain't no murderer. I don't have to throw myself down to prove who I am in him. You know that's what we do in the churches. We try to go out and act like a gift is stirred up. And act like God is talking to prove that you have the gifts of the spirit. That's what the enemy do in churches. Send a false prophet in there and people don't know the false prophet from a real one because they ain't continuing in the truth. When you continue in truth, you know what's a lie. You know what ain't right. And you're going to bring truth in with deception and say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not what the word of God says. That's why he say you can openly rebuke. You know, people get mad. Why did you say that in church? Because I got a right. God gave me the right. I'm opposing that lie with the truth. And if you offended, you ain't got on no armor, baby. Oh, you so arrogant. No, no, no. I know my position. You call it what you want. See, people get mad at you and say, oh, they always running off at the mouth. You know what? God say, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You can just be quiet in that. See, sometimes we just stand and take our position and don't have to say nothing. 
because we know who we are. Jesus did not do anything Satan told him to do. Then Satan going to show him all the kingdoms of the world. Showed him the glory of them and said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. And what did Jesus say? He ain't going to worship no other God, but God. Satan was mad. But guess what he did? He left him. Why? Because Jesus had on some armor, y'all. Jesus was wearing that armor. He was in the word of God. He only was doing and saying what God was doing and saying. So the enemy, no, I can't mess with that, but I'm going to come back. That's what he does, y'all. So if you don't continue in the word, if you don't abide, if you don't remain in the word of God, you're not going to know the truth and you're not going to be free. Even though Christ has set you free, you're going to be living like you in bondage and you're not free. This is a teaching that the churches need to let you know. You just don't come in church and think that you okay. You okay in your spirit, but your soul is tore up. So this is why God is letting us know when I taught on grave clothes. Y'all remember we talked about Lazarus and Jesus called Lazarus forth because he had power over death. And he called him forth. When he come forth, what did Jesus say? He said, loose him. He still had on grave clothes. He had to be loose from some things. Just because you saved, you still got to be loose from some things that you were carrying before you were saved. The old man died. It is dead, but it left behind some habits, some old way of doing things. Some offense was there on Lazarus. So he said, loose him and let him go. So you got to know what you're carrying. Because guess what? It's stopping you from being a warrior in the spirit. It is stopping you from loving the way God loves. The church don't love the way God loves, even though you have the love of God in your heart. Shed abroad through the Holy Ghost. We don't love the way God loves because we're too offensive. We bow up too much like a bulk of scripture. Some of us are like a rattlesnake and we're sitting in the middle of the forest. Say, say something. Say it. I'm waiting. You know why people do that? Because they got church hurt. They don't trust nobody. They look at everybody like, you know, the person that hurt them. Those are grave clothes, y'all, that we need to take off. And the enemy is holding you in those clothes to stop you from gearing up, from being prepared for battle. So you got to have on what? The whole armor. You got to have on the belt of truth. And that belt is all the way around you. I'm going to go somewhere. You know how guys walk around, no belt, showing their underwear, and they act like they cool. And this is the funny part, y'all. I saw this little guy, he walking like a duck. I said, what's wrong with him? Why did I have to ask? Long shirt, pants in between, down here, and he trying to walk with his shoelaces untied. And he think he cool. Then we got our sons trying to do the same thing because they think they're popular like that. And they looking like walking ducks toe up. Can't get to class on time because they're trying to hold their pants. Now, if you're trying to be cool, why are you trying to hold your pants? If you just let them fall, you, why are you holding your pants and running? Put on a belt. Ignorant going to see I remember when my son tried that. My son, Jeremy, is a big boy. Big. Had some friends telling him to get him some skinny jeans. 
to tell him the truth. I'm tell my son the truth. Jeremy said, Mama, look what I got. I said, take him back. I said, baby, that ain't for you. Mama, this is a style. I said, maybe the style, but it ain't for you, baby. Don't you put them pants on. I see your friends want to make a mockery of you, and they want to pick on you while you think they're your friends. They were telling my son he looked good in them pants. I said, liar, liar, pants on fire. That's the devil. Don't you wear those pants. Y'all, my son didn't wear the pants. But I remember in school, Jeremy would get up, headed out the door, pants hanging. My husband said, where your belt? Daddy, this is a style, or he couldn't find his belt. Lie, right? Couldn't find his belt. I said, okay, we'll find it for you. Still wouldn't wear his belt. I got you. Wisdom kicked in. I said, um, Jeremy, since you don't want to wear the belt and you want to go out showing your underwear, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. Leave your drawers home. Because next time I see you with no belt, you, they're going to see your tail for real. My baby start finding a belt. Because he knew mama wasn't playing. I was going to hide every. I said, go ahead now. You ain't going to have no drawers. So if you want to show your tail, let them see your yellow behind. That's the way you work it, mamas. Come on, if they want to act ignorant, come on, we, we'll join in with you. You want them to see your butt. We got to break that curse. Break that curse. Men that don't have nothing to do or boys don't have nothing to do to let the devil use them and come up with these styles. And then people think this is a style because one get it and then the other ones get it. We got to break that. That's what we need on our whole armor. We are in warfare, y'all. The world is after our children. And then we sometimes help the world. We help them fit into the world so they won't be looking bad. Who haven't done it? All of us. That's why we need to continue in truth. We need to be girded about with truth. Because sometimes we fall prey to the lies of the enemy and we let them know, yeah, let them get this. No, that's not right. That's not wisdom. Wisdom prevail over that. Hear wisdom when wisdom is speaking. I haven't even got to the breastplate of righteousness. Last one, because we're going to go through this thoroughly. Now you got the belt on of truth. The belt of truth hold up the breastplate of righteousness. This breastplate starts up here at the neck and go down. Why? Because it protects your vital organs. So that way the enemy, if, if he come in and, and you kind of miss it with the shield, the breastplate is protecting you. Because the Bible say, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. How do I guard my heart? The words say, pay attention, my son, to my words, truth. Pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings, my word. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. They are life to all those that find them and health to all flesh. So the enemy knows that if you don't have on that breastplate of righteousness, that means that I know that I'm in right standing apostle with God. And it's not because of any good I done, but it's because of what Jesus done on my behalf. 
He who knew no sin became sin for us so that I can become the righteousness of God through him. I'm not dependent on my self-righteousness. I'm dependent on his righteousness. So being that I'm dependent on his righteousness, I'm going to live a righteous life according to truth. Because the standards that God had was too high. I could not meet his standards, so I had to accept what Jesus done to tap into the righteousness of God. So now I'm going to stand with my breastplate of righteousness tucked up under my belt of truth. So every time the enemy come and make me feel unworthy, I can stand my ground. I can be prepared and say my righteousness is in him and not in me. So this is why I say seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And all of these things shall be added unto you. Why? Because I'm doing it God's way. The word, the belt of truth. That's why the breastplate is attached to the belt because I need the truth to live a righteous life. I cannot live outside of the truth. So if I'm not living a righteous life and not doing it God's way, it's because I have not continued in truth. We don't do it the world's way, people. We do it God's way. God's way is the right way. This is why when you had the publican and you had the um, Pharisee together, the publican, he knew he was a sinner. And the only thing he can do what? Was hold his head down. He couldn't even look up. But that old Pharisee began to say everything he did. I tithe. I do this. I fast twice a week. I'm not even like this uh, publican. Come on, ain't that what we do, saints? Well, Lord, I pay my tithes. I come to church. I'm not like that evangelist over there sitting like she know everything. And I'm not saying that's her. Can't say go and correct that apostle. Go and correct that so they won't so they won't say you talking about me. I have to mess with Kathy. But that's what the enemy does. He wants you to think that you're so righteous you don't need help. That's self-righteous. You depend on yourself. Or you sitting up there trying to pull something through the door. And you got two men and women trying to help you. I got it. I don't need no help in doing this all my life, Jennifer. Porter. I got it. You got it all right. Done tore it up. Go and get it. You made me tear it up. You saw me doing it. You should have done it before you saw me do it. What's happening, y'all? Now you don't blame them. Your self-righteous self. God was sending you his way of doing it. You didn't want to hear that. i never forget this. That man sitting right there. Y'all, I love that man. God had to deliver me through that man. I thought I was all right. I was saved, sanctified, filled with the burning fire of the Holy Ghost. But I found out just how saved I was. When I would watch this man, when I would look at a wall, and I said, put it right there. He'd go bring out his measuring rod. I said, put it right there. That is the middle right there. You know, a woman have an eye. He'll go get that rod. Wait a minute, Manda. (laughs) 
Don't tell me y'all can't speak in tongues. Them husbands will make you speak in some tongues for real. So I'm sitting there here, get that measuring rod, go this way, go that way. He said, put it right there. I'm like, okay, okay. Would it sometimes be the same spot, baby? But he has a way of measuring. And you, you don't do nothing in this church, not unless he bring that measure. Y'all, my husband, these chairs y'all sitting in when they brought them in here, I knew. I said, he measured them chairs, so as my name is what it is. He trained Carlton. <laughs> he said, Carlton, you take out that, that uh, measuring tape, and this is how you line them up. This is his wisdom, y'all. And it's true. Y'all, I got delivered from that part. I did, because I understand where he coming from. He had called to measure them chairs. He'd go down this aisle. He said, it's supposed to be this distance. And he made sure they were in line. He sure did. That's just how he is. I got over that. I'm like, you measure them chairs, baby. Measure them. You know what you're doing. That's my baby. Proud of my baby. See, God will deliver you. He will show you reasons. Sometimes you don't understand the reasons why a person do a thing. But when you understand it, leave it alone. Let them do it their way they want to do it. That's his field. That ain't mine. My problem was when you get anxious and you get in a hurry, put it on the wall, man. I ain't got time for you to be measured. I'm going in the next room and I need you in the next room. Slap the nail in the wall and hang it up. (laughs) Then you can hear, be anxious. See that belt? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, then you know what she said? I ain't got time to pray about it, Lord. That's just common sense. There go pride. See, all your little armor falling off. There go your self-righteousness, evangelist. Because you figure you could do it better. Y'all, isn't this good? Oh, it's going to get better and better. See, God is teaching you how to be warriors. And some of us say, I done read that. I done know about that. Well, why you ain't got on no armor? Why are you still offensive? You know everything, know nothing. Because if you knew, you'd be living what you know. Come on, y'all. God is bringing it down. He's bringing it down. We always looking at everybody else. But when we look at us, we can't look at nobody else. Because all of us have issues. My issue may not be like your issue. But both of us got issues. And we need to deal with the issues that we have before we put down somebody else's issue. If that's the way their house do it, that's the way they do it. You might do it differently, but baby, it's getting done. And long as it get done, who cares which way you do it? That's pride. People want you to do it their way to feel like they've done something. That's rejection. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you out through the word. I learned through the word. Just shut it down. Let them, let them have it. Sometimes they got to see it's wrong, to know it's wrong. That'll help them to humble themselves and apologize and say, you know what, I'm so sorry. That wasn't right. But if they keep doing the same thing, you have to say, I rebuke you, Satan. Sit down. Not up in here. So I'm telling you, we learn about the belt of truth. We learn about the breastplate of righteousness. And we're going to continue this teaching next week, if it's the Lord's will, so all of us can be armed and dangerous. We need to put on the whole armor of God, church. And when we do this, we can go into battle the right way. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. 
God is such a good God, isn't he? 